Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Keila. We are in a series called Get Your Ship Together. Emphasis on the P. <laughs> That's what Chapa said. So last week, you guys talked about self-leadership, right? Leading yourself. And me and Chapa actually had a conversation about this um, before the series even started. And I was kind of talking to him. I was saying, like, what are you going to talk about? And then I was telling him what I was thinking about talking about. And I was like, great, they work perfectly together. And isn't that how God works? So I wanted to talk to you about the greatest follower that we should ever learn from, and that is Jesus. You might think of him as the greatest leader, but before he's ever a leader, he's the greatest follower. And I think that it's very often that we see books or podcasts or motivational speeches or posts online or Instagram whatevers, <laughs> and we see these things about how to be a leader, how to be influential, how to be important, how to get more followers, how to be this, how to be that, but I think people are coming at it with a short-sighted view because that's not how leadership starts, and I wanted to talk to you about, the title of my message is, if you can't follow, you'll never lead. And I'm going to tell you um, a funny little story here about a little girl. And I'm going to move this table really quick because it's not locked for some reason. I don't know what's happening. See how it's like going up like that? Yeah. That right there. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I wanted to tell you this cute little story because I think it's uh, easy to have this thought process as a young person, as a leader. Growing up around other people, whether it's your boss, your parents, whatever, it's easy to have this thought process. And I came across this story, and I wanted to share it with you. So a little girl was sitting on the lap of her grandfather. For the first time, the child was really giving her grandfather a look over. She was examining every wrinkled part of his face, his gray hair. And she said, Grandfather, did God make you? And he said, Sure, sweetheart. Then she looked at herself in the mirror. She had smooth skin, blonde hair. And she said, Grandfather... Did God make me? And he goes, absolutely. There was a moment that she just sat there in silence and thought to herself about the differences between them. And she said, Grandfather, don't you think God's doing a better job than he used to? <laughs> and it's a funny story, but if you think about it, how often do we discount the leaders around us because we think that we can do it better? And we think that somehow we are something that all of a sudden God put on the earth that I don't know why you're my boss because I can do what you're doing better, faster, and you're slow and wrinkled and old and you've got it, you're out of the times. Or you, you have this thought process of like I did with my parents all of a sudden when I was in my teens, like you know nothing. I don't know if you've ever been there, but like <laughs> when you're little, you look at your parents and you're like, you are my hero. You, can you fly? because I'll believe you if you tell me yes, you know? You believe anything, and then, and then all of a sudden when you become a teenager, you start seeing their flaws. And what I'll tell you is as a person who sees a leader's flaws, it doesn't make you better than them, it just means you can see, because they're human. And what I learned growing up with my parents is as I was a teenager, I, I started having this thought process of, 
I am smarter than my parents, and when did this happen? <laughs> like, when did this happen that one day I woke up and I had dumb parents because my parents used to like be my hero, and it's not that I didn't respect them, but I all of a sudden was wondering why they didn't understand things because I knew about technology, and they didn't. That was like one of the main things because um, social media did not exist. I had like my first phone when I was starting high school, and I know I look really young, so just stay with that thought process in your minds right now. But, um, but for me, like seeing my parents not know how to use the dial-up internet that I had that made all these <laughs> noises, um, or, or not know how to use their big brick phones, and I already knew how, um, I was kind of like then questioning other things in life, like, <laughs> like I, do you not know how to turn on the computer because I showed you how to restart it, I know I'm 12, almost 13, uh, do you know how to do other things? And I'm not, no, I'm not even thinking about the big grand scale that they're like keeping me alive, feeding me, paying the bills, and taking care of me. I'm just thinking because there's one thing I can see that's a flaw, now everything's maybe invalid. <laughs> and I think that that's what we do as young people. We look at uh, the system, systems within our job. We look at how our boss is structuring the team. We look at how someone else is doing a marriage or relationship, or maybe you're not married and someone else is going through a hard time, and it's easy to judge their marriage that is working out or isn't working out, but you've never been married, so it's easy to see the flaws, but until you're in it, you don't know. And it's very easy to look in a, inside of a window. It's very easy to look inside of something and go, I'd do it better, but you don't really know that because you've never been in that seat. And it's funny because I was having a conversation with my husband today about, I guess, Sears is closing or it already has closed. And he was, he was telling me that, that everyone's blaming the CEO for its demise because of his financial decisions. And Cole, my husband, said the interesting thing about that is that he's the leader, and so he doesn't have anybody else to point the finger at. So even if it's not his fault, you know, my parents always say everything rises and falls on leadership. So it's easy to point the finger at your leaders but what I'll tell you is, I don't care if you think inside of yourself. I don't really, well, I'm, I'm not that person because I don't really want to be a leader. I don't care who you are. There is a drive inside of every single human to do something great and to be somebody who's important that can call the shots. Nobody wants to be the person that's just taking orders. I don't care if you're more contemplative or you're more quiet. You still want to have your own control over certain things, which means you want to be a leader. You want to be able to make things great in your life and make something of yourself. But what I want you to know, you know, Ben Franklin said this. He said, if you want to lead, you must first learn to follow. So follow first, lead second. So many of us look at these, um, these blog posts or these books that come out, and it's attractive because the word leadership comes with authority. So it looks like it's something we want. Like if I was like, hey, do you want to get rich? You wouldn't be like, no, heck no, that sounds dumb. Like you would be like, yes. Like if I was like, I have a million dollars, who wants it right now? Like you, oh, the mic just went out. I don't know if they're muting me because they don't like million dollars, but you would be really short-sighted if you thought to yourself, I don't really want a million dollars, too much responsibility. <laughs> like, you wouldn't even be thinking that. You would just think, I want the million dollars. Um, and whenever we look at our life, it's, it's very attractive to think, yeah, I want the position. Yeah, I want the leadership. Yeah, I want the calling. I want the promise that God has for me. But we're not thinking about the price to be paid or what it takes to become a leader. To become a leader, you have to follow a leader. You have to learn to follow well so that you can know how to lead. You don't know how to lead until you know how to follow. 
And I'm going to say this in a lot of different ways tonight because I think it's really important that we get this. You know, I don't, has anyone ever seen The Karate Kid? The first one. Okay. <laughs> Number six. Like, what? Okay. So, the first Karate Kid, I don't know about you, but Mr. Miyagi was having him do some stuff that I was getting frustrated at. I'm like, why does he have to wash the dishes? Why does he have to wax the car? Why does he have to swat and do this and do that? You know, he's, he's sitting there and he's teaching him to move his hands, peel potatoes. It doesn't make any sense. And that's a lot of times how it feels when you're being led by a leader and you're having to follow. Because they can see where they're taking you and all you're having to do is learn to submit to it. Now, what Mr. Miyagi was doing was he was teaching him how to fight. But to him, because he's not the leader, all he can see is, you're wasting my time. I'm trying to learn to fight, but you're teaching me to peel potatoes. And the leader's like, if you can peel potatoes, you can fight. So if you can follow the motion, you can do the action. You'll never know how to lead other people and have followers if you don't know how to follow. So Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid, which for me, at a young age when I'm watching that, I'm sitting there going, this is so dumb. Like, what is, he should be teaching me how to kick. He should be teaching me, like, he should be having people, like, fight against him and, like, critiquing him. And we have all these thoughts of, my boss should be doing this with me. My, my, my friend should be doing this with me. My husband, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, they should be doing this. My leader, my pastor, my church, my, my servant leading captain, my whoever should be doing this with me. Really? Did God put you as the leader or did he put you as the follower? Because if you're not the leader yet, thank God. Because with leadership comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of weight. And a lot of people think they want leadership until they get it and they've never learned to follow and then they crash and burn. And I've seen that. I've been alive long enough and some of you guys have too to see that happen with people around you. Either it's they get money fast and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to use it right or... They get into a relationship really fast. They didn't think of the consequences of what that looked like. Or they make a one-night decision that changes their life forever. And we don't think through things because we just want the instant gratification. We just want that in the moment. But following, followship is a lifelong process. You know, Jesus, thank God, literally, has never stopped following his father. And, you know, leadership and followership is a two-way street. It's a covenant. So it's not like you can have one without the other. You cannot be a leader and also not follow. Do you know that for me, I mean, in my life, I'm obviously at this point in my life, I'm considered a leader, but I'm still not at the level of leadership that I want to be. Now, what's the critique and the mindset that I have to have on myself? How can I follow better? How can I follow the people that are, have been put above me? Do I always feel like the people that have been put above me should be the people that have been put above me? Whether that's whoever. I don't know if it's been a professor in the past. I've had some pretty crazy teachers when I was in college. Like, pretty crazy. Like, that failed me just because they didn't like me. Not because I didn't do my work. Which I don't know if you've ever had people like that in your life. But it doesn't mean you stop doing what you need to do just because the leader's not. Because God will honor you for following even if your leader's not right. 
So everyone has something to teach you. It doesn't matter if they're a great leader, a bad leader. The cool thing is, is that God says that he's the one that appoints kings. He's the one that appoints rulers. So even like for the sake of what's been going on right now in the political climate of America, you can agree or not agree with whoever's in leadership right now. But God's put them there for a reason, and he knows more than you, and he knows what he's doing. And you can think it's an abomination. You can hate it. You could get so mad at me for saying this right now. Like, I'm not saying I agree with stuff, but what I'm saying is I trust God more than I agree or disagree with it. And I'm going to follow and honor authority because when I follow and honor authority, I honor God. And that's biblical. And the Bible is the truth. Like, even some of our laws in America... They can change. Those aren't the truth. But the word of God is the truth. So we always have to bring it back to what does the word of God say. And if you're not living according to the word of God, it doesn't matter how Christian you call yourself. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church. If your life and your decisions and what you're feeling is not reflected in the word of God, you are not following God. You're following your own version of yourself, which is you're calling, I guess, a God. So... Good followers make good leaders. If you can't follow well, you will never lead well. And if you're a leader in any aspect in your life, I promise you, if you look back in your life, the deficiencies you're having have a lot to do, not with competency, but your ability to follow. If you, like, whatever you can't submit to or honor, you will never receive from. Whatever you dishonor, you will never receive from. Some of us can think about this in a promotional standpoint, okay? If you dishonor your boss, do you think that they're going to give you a promotion? No, but we think if I do a good job at my job, I, need, I deserve a promotion, right? We think that. That's not true. If you honor your leaders, sometimes even if you don't do a good job at your job, you'll get a promotion. That's just true. And, you know, when you're a follower, you have less power in a sense but the cool thing is you have less responsibility. Just like the CEO of Sears. The, the employees are not sitting there going, oh, I've got to worry about my reputation now. They're just like, I need to find another job. He has to worry about his entire reputation, his entire philosophy of leading, his entire life and legacy. The, the people that were under him just have to go, bad leader, even if it was their fault for the downfall, not his. So... As a follower, we have to look, and this sounds counteractive to what you hear on social media. It sounds counterproductive to your natural human thought process. But just hang with me here for a second because this is biblical. We have to look for ways to submit ourselves. Not look for ways to find more authority. If you look for ways to submit yourself you will find authority. It will be given to you. You will not have to fight for it. It will just be handed to you because you've already submitted yourself. Let me, let me just use this as an example. Have you ever done like a giveaway, like a drawing in a mall? <laughs> I know those are weird, but it's like two jet skis. Just <laughs> fill out this piece of paper. I don't, I've never personally known anybody that have, has won one. Do you guys know anybody that's ever won one of those? No, me neither. I don't even know if they're real. But here's what I'll tell you. If you never put your name in, you never have the opportunity to win. So I'm going to at least submit my name for the possibility of winning. Do you get what I'm saying by that? Like, I'm going to at least look for opportunities to submit myself because there is an opportunity there for me to win. 
every time when I submit. It could be to bad leadership, and God will still honor you for submitting. So there may be many great individuals, and, and I, I'm not an insecure person. I'm also not an overconfident person in the sense that I think too much of myself. But I think I'm competent. Like, I think I can, I can handle things. I can get things done. I can make it happen. Some of you guys might feel that way out there, too. Like, well, I can handle myself. I'm a leader. I, I'm good at where I'm at. Well, one thing I'll tell you is that if you're good where you're at right now, you're not thinking big enough. Because in order to do something bigger than yourself, not only do you need God, but you need other people. And in order to take yourself to a level that you've never been, you have to learn to follow someone who's gone before you and humble yourself enough to learn from them. Otherwise, you'll never get where God has you. It might not be to be a Stephen Furtick, okay? We all love Stephen Furtick, our generation. They just do. Let's just get real. He's real and he talks real. If you don't know who he is, you're behind. But, like, <laughs> we all love him, but... Even though you might like him, guess what? God already made him. There's no other Stephen Furtick. There's no other John Gray. I love him too. There's no other Joel Osteen. They're already made. So there's all of us in this room, and God has something great for us. But if we don't learn from the people who already went before us, we're never going to get to where we were meant to be. See, it's not about creating your own path. It's about submitting to the path and letting God create the path. Because if you create the path, it's only going to go so far. And if you're imitating somebody... That's not who God created you to be. And at some point, it's going to break down, and who you really are is going to come through, and you're going to realize it's not going to be maximized because you're not utilizing who God's created you to be. So Jesus was the greatest leader of all time, but he was also the greatest follower. In John 3.30, he said, He must become more important, and I must become less important. Jesus said that about his father. You realize, okay, I'm not going to go into the Trinity because it's just confusing for some people. But let me just explain something to you, okay? So we have the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. This is just the easiest way I can explain it to you, okay? I am Kila. I am also a daughter. I am also a wife. And I am also a pastor. Those are three different parts of who I am. That's the best way to tell you about the Trinity, is that it's three different parts of the same person. But... Each one of these people have individual roles, but they're all the same. Hopefully you stayed with me in that. Because sometimes the Holy, like, the Holy Spirit gets confusing, and then you're like, Jesus, is, that's his father, and he's the same person. He's schizophrenic. It's just, it's just to, to specifically show you the different roles that each person of that person is, okay? So, but the thing is, here's the deal. If I don't submit myself as a daughter, do you think I'm ever going to be a great wife? No. Daughter is practice for wife. Do you think if I'm not a great daughter that I'll never be a great leader or pastor? No. Daughter is practice for pastor and leader. It starts with one and then goes to the rest. So Jesus shows us an example of what it's like to submit as a son to the father because, because he submits to the father, he gets to be the savior. He has the opportunity through God to submit himself, to find a way to submit so that we can then have life. So, you know, a lot of us can look and we're like, okay, well, I'm kind of tracking with you. I got confused on the Holy Spirit thing and the Trinity and all that. But, like, 
where, where is this going? Okay, so Jesus followed his father, even to the greatest sacrifice he could make. He followed God when it was inconvenient, when it was hard, when it hurt him. And I think in our life, the most important thing as a leader that we need to have is what Chapa talked about last week was the ability to lead ourselves. If we can't lead ourselves, you'll never lead anybody else. Now, you lead yourself to follow first. Once you lead yourself to follow first, then you have the opportunity to become a leader. You track where I'm going? So to be a great leader, you have to have outstanding (laughs) self-discipline. Because, and I'm not talking about get up, make your bed. Like, that's a, that's a cool part of it. Like, keep your car clean. That's all important. There's, like, books about all this stuff. But, like, what I'm talking about is having enough self-discipline to not be self-focused. Because it's natural and it takes no discipline to be selfish. It takes no discipline. It takes no focus at all to do what you want to do. That, you just do what you want to do. You didn't have to think about, well... What am I going to have to do to really do what I want to do today? Like you just do what you want to do. It takes a lot of self-discipline to do something you don't want to do when it goes against how you feel. Like for me, sometimes I really don't want to get out of bed. Like I was telling Cole this morning for the last five minutes of being in bed, I just was like, this is the most comfortable I've been in a week. (laughs) For real. And I was like, I just want to stay in this moment. And I told myself, you have to get up. You have to get up. And as soon as I got up, I was fine. But so many of us, that's a correlation in our life. We don't push ourselves past that five minutes of feeling good in the bed, and we end up living our lives in a state where we never make any progress, and then we get frustrated and wondering, why aren't we further along? But we don't push past the five minutes of get yourself out of bed. You know, like when you're really tired, you're really tired because you're laying down, but once you get up, your blood starts flowing, your brain starts working, and then you're like, I'm fine now. You have to push yourself into doing something, right? Okay, so it takes a strong self-disciplined person to be a good follower. Because if you aren't a good follower, chances are you will never make much of a leader. This guy named Lord Moron, which sounds like moron. But he's not a moron, okay? He said, great men have almost always shown themselves as ready to obey as they afterwards proved to be able to command. So to follow, and I'll get into this in a second, but to follow is really to obey, to submit, right? So people who think that they're too good to follow instructions or be in a lower level position in their mind inevitably don't have the attitude to succeed at a higher level. You develop the attitudes and the characteristics in the follow state that carry you throughout your leadership state. If you don't develop those things while you're following you will have a major breakdown when you're leading. You will not have what it takes to endure. And I don't want to ever be in that place. So it's kind of a scary place because you go, have I followed enough? Do I need, I need to keep following. I need to lifelong follow because I want to be able to lifelong lead. So I have to keep the fuel tank refueled, right? <laughs> but it's not just like a give and take. It's a lifestyle. It's way more important to follow than it is to lead. Because if you follow, you will lead. You don't even have to focus on leading. So a good follower doesn't have to focus on just him or her or himself or his or her own goals. Typically, people hear the word follower and they think that's a weak person. I know that's like how I think. I'm like, well, that's a weak person. They just follow orders, their task, whatever. Like, you know, in the Bible, Jesus said the greatest among you will be your servant. 
Have you ever thought about that? If you really think about some of the things that Jesus did throughout the Bible, he washed his disciples' feet. He took time for people that no one ever cared about or looked at. He was purely focused on those people that no one else took time for. He wasn't focused on gaining his influence or gaining notoriety or being this high-level sought-after person. If anything, he was trying to get away from the crowd and just get to the people who needed him. But for us, we're looking for the big following. We're looking for the big crowd. We're looking for the big like. We're buying bots on our social media to make our stuff bigger. And then Instagram changes the algorithm and ruins your life. <laughs> like, people can't tell you didn't buy your followers. You have 30 likes and 4,000 followers. Okay? Just it's math. Okay, I'm not even good at math. But here's the deal. Being a good follower requires that you act like a leader. Now, that's kind, of, that's kind of a weird statement, right? Like, being a good follower requires that you act like a leader. How do you do that? You lead yourself first. If you're leading yourself while you're following, guess what you're going to realize? Other people are following you as you're following. In the Bible, we hear this from one of the apostles. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. He didn't say, follow me because I'm worth following and I'm the leader. If he gave you... An equation there. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so, you know, we look at the words follow and lead. Let me just break these down for you. So the word follow means to move in the same direction as. To move behind in the same direction. To obey. To lead means go before or show the way. So someone who's, who's living in followership, they know their role as a follower. And what I'll tell you is that every single team Every single room needs a lead follower. Some of us need to be stop, like, stop being so concerned about being the leader and need to be more concerned about being the lead follower. Am I the one following best? Because if you really want to be a leader, you'll be the best follower in the room. And then, you know, we talk about this a lot in our church, but servant leadership. This is when a person learns to put their needs, their agenda, their pride, their ego aside, let go of their entitlement, and truly serve who's God's place in their life as a leader. In Hebrews 13, 7, it says, remember your leaders. It's funny how the Bible, like, talks to us today, and it still works. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. That gives you a clear path of saying, follow people who follow me. Imitate their faith. That doesn't even say that you have to have their same faith. It just says follow what they're doing. So if you can follow what they're doing, all of a sudden then you can do it too. So if your goals, like I said, aren't large enough, there's no way on earth that you're going to achieve. If your goals are like large enough, there's no way you're going to achieve them by yourself. You not only need God, but you need other people to come alongside of you. You know, like people, like one man doesn't win the Super Bowl. One person doesn't win a world war. One man can't save an entire city and feed all the hungry. We need everybody. So what does that mean? It means you're constantly going to be in and out of the season of following and leading, following and leading, following and leading. And if you're not okay with that, your leading is going to stop at some point. The ability, the opportunity. Some of you guys have been frustrated at work and your relationships. Like maybe that, that spouse or that person you're dating isn't letting you lead. Or maybe like your boss isn't letting you have leadership opportunities. 
ask yourself first, am I following the most important person? God. Because I promise you guys, if you follow God, your woman will want to follow you. Girls, if you're following God, the guy will listen to you more. If you're following God, even if your boss doesn't agree with what you believe in, the principles of the Bible will be true and there will be favor on your life. And what you have to say and the wisdom from God will prove true even if they don't agree with it. You won't have to fight for your way. As you submit, they'll start asking for your opinion. You won't have to fight for your opinion. So, you know, when Jesus is talking in the Bible about following him, he's talking about a union. This word means union, path, road, voyage, or journey. So when Jesus says, follow me, he's saying, join me in my journey. Join me along the path. It's the idea of walking with Jesus being near to him. It's a very relational and communicative term to say, follow me, like walk with me. That's personal. That's not at a distance. And if you feel at a distance right now, it shows you that maybe you're not following as closely as you need to. You know, it can be difficult sometimes to follow Jesus, but it's not because it's actually difficult it's just because it's hard to do sometimes for us because we don't want to give up our way but you know when we follow Jesus we follow love we follow forgiveness we follow service and on and on and on everything else that flows out of Jesus flows out of us do you want to simply live your life or do you want to live a life that means something follow Jesus do you want to live in God's will or do you want to just see what happens? Follow Jesus. Do you want to have ultimate meaning and purpose in your life or do you just want to see what comes and figure it out on your own? Then follow Jesus. When we live like Jesus lived in a fellowship, we get when we get that right and we start understanding, yes, hands down, Jesus was the greatest leader of all time. We've talked about his leadership for ever. But what we don't realize sometimes is we're focused on the glitz and the glamour of the authority and we forget that he was the greatest follower of all time. He was the greatest submitter of all time. And our tendency is to want to live according by this list and rules, even if we want to do the right thing as a Christian. Then we get so caught up in the religious, like, well, I have to do this as a Christian or I can't do this. And we forget that it's not following rules and regulations, it's following Jesus. And we start thinking about our ministry and our theology and do we agree with this? And does it, is this what I think the Bible says or is this what I think my job should be doing or is this what my paycheck should be or I'm not as comfortable as I should be? And we think, well, I got saved. Shouldn't good things happen? But we forget that getting saved is the first step. You haven't even taken the real actions yet to receive all the good. You have to follow him. So you can receive him, but then you've got to follow him. And it's not like, well, I followed him once. It's an everyday thing. It's an every moment thing. Whenever you're going to go to that party, are you following Jesus there? When you're, when you're going against something that you know, you know it's not for you. You know it's not from God. Did you follow Jesus to that decision? When you speak to your authority, when you're, you're speaking behind their back to your friends, did you follow Jesus in that conversation? 
Because whatever you honor, whatever you submit to, you're going to receive from. I don't, I don't want to receive from the curse of dishonor. And you will because whatever seeds you sow, you will reap. That's a biblical truth. So if you sow dishonor, you will reap dishonor. I want to have a blessing over my life. You know, in Matthew 10, 38, as I'm closing, it says, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, if anyone who would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What is your cross? It's all the stuff you're stuck to. It's all the stuff you're attached to. It's all the stuff you carry. It's all of the things in your life that you think are important. It's all the things that you set up as this is what I've got to do. And this is what I, this is what I am as the man. This is what I'm in charge of as the girl. Like, this is what I've got to do. I've got to handle myself. I've got to pay my bills. I've got to take care of this. But, but what about following Jesus? How about you take up all those things and don't just stay there with them. Follow Jesus along the way. That's why he says, pick it up and follow me. You might have hurts. You might have pains. You might have a past. Don't stay in it. Pick it up and follow Jesus because he wants to take you into health. He wants to take you into wholeness. He wants to take you to a place where you not only are a person who's been through stuff, but you can help other people get through their stuff. And you will never be able to lead somebody if you don't follow Jesus into that healing. Following Jesus is about Jesus. It's not about you. You know, in Luke 10, 41 through 42, it says, You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Mary in this situation is with Martha, and Martha's all concerned about what she's got to do and how she's got to look good in front of Jesus, and she's taking care of all she needs to take care of. And you know what Mary does? She just gets in front of Jesus' feet and follows him and listens to him. And Martha comes out and she says, Jesus, tell her to help me. Tell her to do something. Tell her to take action. And she says, well, she's given me her best. You've given me what you wanted to give. So many of us are living our life giving Jesus what we want to give him. And we're not giving him the best. We're not giving him our all. And we're wondering, why is my life not going in the direction I want. I'm giving God something, but you're not giving him your best. You're not following him into every situation. You're not, you're not bringing him with you into the situation. You know, a disciple means a learner, a follower. In this, we see that Mary understood that it's all about Jesus. It wasn't about doing the dishes. It wasn't about fixing the food. Don't you think Jesus had a table in front of him that he could have just gone, here's the meal. If we had our priorities straight, that's how our finances would look. That's how our relationships would look. That's how our health would look. If we just showed up to the table with Jesus, it would all be taken care of. But we can't follow him to the table. We're busy doing our thing and we're going, Jesus, can you do something? And he's like, come sit with me. According to the word of God, following Jesus will be meaningful. It will be exhaustingly refreshing. Think about that. It will be powerful. It will be also unimpressive to the world, but it will be ultimately glorious. What you do in following Jesus, other people will make fun of you for. Submitting yourself when you don't have to, people will say, why are you doing that? 
When you shut your mouth, when you could open your mouth, people are going to be like, you need to stand up for yourself. Guess what? I know what the Bible says, that God's my defender. He's my vindicator. I'm not going to take things into my own hands because what it says in the Bible is that he will heap burning coals on their head and prepare a table in front of me, in front of my enemies. We can actually live in victory and be leaders that show other people to victory, but we have to learn to follow. And I just want to pray for you today. Just I'm praying for myself too, to be honest, because there's areas in my life that I need to follow Jesus better. And I think if you ever get to the point where you're like, I don't need to follow him anymore, I'm doing good. I think you missed it. So hopefully we can all be in this place together of going, I need to follow Jesus and not be so concerned about authority, power, pride, what I want to happen, when I want it to happen, how I want it to happen, and stop getting so frustrated and just learn to follow. Because when you learn to follow and you get at the table, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is show up to the party and provision and healing and power and authority and anointing are yours. But you have to honor your authority. You have to honor God and follow Jesus. So maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're like, I haven't even taken that first step <laughs> of following Jesus for the first time. What I want you to know is that he loves you so much. And I'm so glad that you're here tonight because it doesn't matter what you came from. It doesn't matter what you believed before you walked in this door. If there's one thing that's true, you don't need to know rules. You need to know that he loves you and he wants you to know that love. And so tonight, I want us to all pray this together and, and I want us to bow our heads tonight because the reason why we bow our heads is it focuses us in on this moment so we can focus on what we're saying, what we're doing. And if this is you and you just say, you know what, maybe I'm restarting, maybe I'm hitting restart on following Jesus and maybe I'm following him for the first time, but I want to say this declaration with you. I just want you to raise your hand really quick between you and God. If you're going to follow Jesus. Awesome. So I want everybody to say this with me. I want everybody to say, God, thank you for loving me, for seeing me as worth it. I ask you to forgive me of any mistakes I've made. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Make me new. I'll never be the same. I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're also out there, just between you and God as you're sitting there, I just want you to open up your hands like this, like you're receiving, just in your seat, if you know that you need to follow Jesus more, because I'm going to ask him to give you strength. I'm going to ask him to give you wisdom. I'm going to ask him to give you mercy and grace when you fail, and he already will. But, and more. But if that's you and you just say, I want to follow Jesus better, I'm here with you right now. So let's just open up our hands. God, I just pray right now that you would meet us right where we're at. God, you know our deficiencies. You know the things that we lack. You know the things that we're great at. You know the things that you've placed in our hearts, the talents, the giftings. But what we know is that the talents and the giftings will only get us so far. God, our personality, our looks, it'll only get us so far. But God, your anointing and your power will take us places we never even thought possible. In front of rulers and kings and empires. And God, we can actually change the world. God, one person in this room 
can change the world. Just like so many people we talk about in the Bible, just through being a faithful follower. God, I pray that they would know that even though their path will look different than the person sitting next to them, that they can trust you when they follow you. God, they can trust you when they submit to you. You're the one person that they don't have to be fearful of, of you turning on them, of you stabbing them in the back or leaving them. God, it says in the Bible that you are faithful. That God, you, you will be there in the dark times, in the light times. God, you're there in every single moment. And I pray right now in this moment for those of the, of the people in this room that haven't felt you in a long time, that they would feel your presence right now. That they would know that you not only love them and see them, but God, that you have great things for them. And that you want them to follow you into that greatness. They don't have to make their own way. They don't have to figure out how to be the richest person in the world or, or the smartest person, the most beautiful person. God, they don't have to figure out all the things that they're trying to figure out. Maybe new inventions and new ways of doing business and, and new ministry ideas and, and new things that, God, you're developing inside of them. God, what I know is that you're the ultimate creator. You're the one that created the breath we have in the world. God, we wouldn't have this opportunity to even sit here if you wouldn't have created us. So what I know is that you can give them every single thought, idea, resource, and relationship that they need to make it happen. God, I speak wisdom and knowledge and understanding and divine favor with you and divine favor with men into their life. God, I speak right relationships. God, I speak right choices. God, I speak health, wealth, and prosperity over them. God, I thank you that any time they start to go towards a door that's not following you, that you would shut it hard and that they would know to turn around. God, I know that you're a good God and you'll let us still make that choice, but I pray that you would make it clear to us that you would make it a very clear path of what it looks like to follow you. Because God, we wanna follow you. And right now we receive your power. We receive your anointing. We receive your healing. We receive anything that we're lacking right now in so that we can follow you better. And God, we ask that you renew our minds, renew our hearts so that we can let other people follow us as we follow you because that's the whole point. But I pray that we take Jesus with us, that we're following him the entire way. So God, help us do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at keelacraftambrose.com.